The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Welcome to Hour 2 of the 630 Chad Afternoon News, a Friday edition. edition, edition. Uh, should make mention of the fact that we have a severe thunderstorm watch issued for Edmonton and area. That just came up on my global sky tracker app. We'll keep an eye on that for you. If you see anything, give us a call at 496-0063 or text us at 630-630. Right now, I'm joined, uh, joined on the phone by Acting Staff Sergeant Steve Sharp with the EPS. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Good, good. Can you hear me good? Uh, yeah, I can hear you pretty good. Uh, are you off in a patrol car as we speak? Well, I'm making. Um, I was going to make my way down, and I just pulled over here. Nice. That's the nature of the work here, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Especially given that we just did a story about distracted driving. But so, tell me about this. I know uh, the EPS are celebrating their 125th anniversary. You've got a function going on over the weekend. Uh, but before we get to that, you've got a lot of functions going on throughout this year, or the EPS does. Do they not? Yeah, we, uh, we set out a couple of years ago a committee to, to make sure it was a year-long celebration. And we made sure, like, with the Throwback Thursdays and uh, the City Hall celebration, which was uh, June 20th, the actual birthday of the Edmonton Police Service, June 20th, 1892. Wow. So uh, there were some things we did throughout the year, certainly to make sure we always are, are continually to push, push the opportunity to celebrate our history in Edmonton. And this particular event, a fun one, of course, uh, happening at Borden Park on Sunday. Now, it's uh, happening between 1 and 5. So what have you got going on? It's going to be a ton of fun, Andrew. Uh, you're, it's, you're not going to want to miss it, frankly, okay? <laughs> it's running from 1 to 5, which is thematic. It's our 125th, our 125 year. Uh, it's going to be very engaging. we got uh, the first 1,000 people will have an opportunity to get a hot dog for the first 1,000. Um, we've got uh, events throughout the afternoon. We've got jumpy castles and painting faces, you name it. So now, Steve, this isn't one of these things where you invite me to go and then I arrive and you uh, serve a warrant or anything like that. This is not an entrapment situation. Not on the criminal side, but if you show up, we might have a dunk tank for you. Just <laughs> there you go. Oh, I would totally do that. Um, so why do you do this? I know you're celebrating um, the 125th anniversary. Is this an opportunity to reach out to the community, get a little closer to the people you serve and protect? It is, frankly. You know, we don't really get too many opportunities it sound, you know, to, to really have these opportunities to have the public come by, view the cars, ask their questions. Hey, my neighbor used to be a police officer in the 70s. Do you know him? That type of thing. So this is a real opportunity for us to have the one-on-one chats with the public and a great opportunity. And you know, it's a funny thing you mentioned that because when you think about it, all the different divisions of the police and uh, first responders, the only time you guys actually ever get together is typically a major tragedy. True enough, yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing. Oftentimes people are calling upon us in a time of need as well or at a collision, you name it. And uh, this is a chance to come down you know, proactively and, and for our officers to, to have that time. It, it recharges their batteries, frankly, as well, to have the opportunity to, to, to play these games of chance and tug of war and there's obstacle course. It's going to be a really fun afternoon. You know, I have to ask you, Steve, uh, and I don't recall when I first started doing this, but I started doing it a few years ago, and I've recommended it to our listeners many times, and it sort of speaks to what you're talking about right now, but I just kind of got in the habit that when I crossed paths with a police officer, that I would thank them for being a police officer. So I wouldn't, you know, stop and, and you know, interfere with their job, but just, you know, you're crossing the street of Commonwealth, and there's the police officer directing traffic, and I say, hey, thanks for being a cop. And 
the expression you get every time is sort of a combination of shock, surprise, and pleasure. Do you guys not get thanked enough? Um, you know, the job we do is rewarding enough. Don't get me wrong. It's, it's why everyone signed up to do it. But those moments, you know, because everybody is, is pretty intense in terms of the work they do and the nature of the work, certainly, you know, the head's down, they're typing uh, on the keyboards uh, in the cars and stuff like that. So it, is, it does recharge your batteries. It really makes a difference. We've had some tragic moments over the last, you know, last few years, including the RCMP as well. And, and when we have those opportunities, when the outpouring of support happens, boy, it really reinstills what, what it's all about. Because everyone has busy lives. We get it. Uh, we don't have an opportunity to, to wave every day or send a thank you note, but they really make a difference. It is a funny thing. I ran a uh, stop sign one day. Uh, didn't see anybody coming, but apparently the only other car was a police officer. Mm-hmm. And so I was running. I, I just—it wasn't even really running a stop sign. I sort of didn't come to a full stop, and I, I turned. Andrew, right. Andrew, you ran it. You're already. All right, I ran pedal. a stop sign. Guilty. But the police officer rolled down his window. He came alongside of me, and he—it's it, just funny the littlest interaction how it can change things. So I can imagine how an event like this would change things. But he rolled down his window, and he said, "You got to come to a complete stop. I'm your neighbor." And oh, and it was just fun. like you know. Do you know what I mean? Steve? Like I didn't. I see a police officer in a police car, and I don't think of them as my neighbor. But you all live here. You know what I mean? Like, you're all Edmontonians, same as us. Yeah. Uh, you know, for sure, uh, that's the, the thing is uh, when, we, when we do a lot of our volunteer work and a lot of the stuff, we have officers who are passionate about different things. And certainly for those officers, because the number one need the community often talks about is traffic safety. So the officers who are dedicated to and committed to ensuring our roads are safe and issuing those tickets and on the receiving end of it sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's not good, but that's the number one thing to do. And, and we have the passionate people in that line of work and it, it's valuable work. Right? Now, those individuals who come to this, uh, and I guess I'm guessing from your description, free hot dogs and uh, face painting and there's going to be a bouncy castle. So this is really something you're trying to appeal. You want to appeal to families. You want to appeal to parents to bring their children. Will Will they be able to you know, see Air One, will they be able to look inside a police car, that sort of thing? Yeah, and you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to put the plug in. This Sunday, <laughs> August 20th, right, from 1 to 5, absolutely, Andrew, it will be happening. It will be engaging for everyone who's involved. We've got vehicles for people to look at. Uh, the helicopter will be there, you know, weather permitting for viewing. Uh, we're going to have uh, the traffic section. We're going to have our canine unit come by. There's going to be uh, some obstacle courses for people. There's going to be an opportunity to view some old... If you're a car buff, you'll enjoy it, right? There's something for hmm. everybody this Sunday from 1 to 5 at Borden Park. <laughs> there you go. You've missed your calling, Steve. Uh, if people want more information, they can go to edmontonpolice.ca. That's what I did. I was able to find pretty much everything we've just uh, talked about. One of the last questions I have for you, Steve, uh, where in the Maritimes are you from? It always comes down to that question. I, it's because I'm so excited about this Sunday from 1 to 5 that you've picked up on that. Yeah, I'm so excited about It was this the party. pronunciation of car that got me. Yeah, we're going to have lots of cars. I'm from, uh, I'm from Newfoundland and Labrador. Oh, nice, nice. Made but Alberta is my home. Of course. Alberta's my home. Yeah. <laughs> I have to tell you, speaking of Air One, then I'll let you go. Um, speaking of Air One, I, I was ringing an auction one time. You know the guy who takes bids, you know, when the auctioneer is yelling out prices. And Air One, from time to time, gets donated to local charity. Uh, you know, you get a ride in Air One, right? 
Mm-hmm. And the auctioneer announces that, okay, so, you know, and, and this was a benefit for the Cross Cancer Institute, and the auctioneer announces what it is. You know, you and a friend, I think, maybe, or just you, I can't recall, uh, get to ride in Air One, see what it's like. And they had this description uh, of what it would be like to be in Air One. And you actually go out during a shift in which Air One is actually on patrol, right? And uh, he asked, like, who will start the bidding at whatever? And there was a whole bunch of uh, hands in the air, right? Mm-hmm. And then right at that moment, he read the rest of the description. He said, oh, a uh, successful bidder will have to pass a criminal background check. And half the hands went down. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, that's kind of odd. That's, you know, sort of gives you some insight into who the audience was. But all right, that's fair. Uh, no, Steve, you know what they do at that point, Andrew? They say, you know what, the more I think of it, I'm, I'm scared of height. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, wait a minute. How much? 500. I'm not doing it. Uh, Steve, that was the best. Uh, you've got a you've got a calling for radio if uh, the police thing doesn't work out. Oh, I've got a face for it too, Andrew. Exactly right. Steve, appreciate your time. Thanks. Best of luck with it uh, this week. And I'm actually going to try and drop by myself. Will you be there? I will be there. It'll be a ton of fun from 1 to 5. Cool. I'll try and find you. We'll talk then. Thanks, Andrew. Bye. Bye-bye. 318 in Edmonton. Still to come on the show, we're going to talk to uh, conductor Bob Bernhardt. Uh, he is, I think it's 12th year, I want to say, or 14th year being the conductor for uh, Sympathy Under Symph- Symphony. <laughs> Not Sympathy. <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> symphony. I speak for a living. Uh, under the Sky. Symphony. <laughs> Sympathy under the sky. That's what he'll have to show me. I really know nothing about this music at all. I just know that I enjoy the symphony and the sympathy. I actually, both of them help me. Right. The only time I've ever gone to the symphony, though, why is that suddenly a hard... I've been saying it all day. I said it in a meeting... Anyway, um, is when I used to be whatever, you know, a parent volunteer and the school would go. And you go. You need you know, sympathy with that. No, you think you would? No, I'm just kidding. I'm but teasing. Honestly, no, I know, that's tons of fun. You close your eyes and you listen to that music and you just think. No, I meant that's being so beautiful. The parent on the school trip. No, I know what you meant. I know. I'm teasing. I always loved the parent that came on the school trip. I was one of the few guys that ever did because guys worked during the day. It, it, it sort of is, and it kind of isn't, and it got harder, I found, from my big kids to my young kids because society changed a little bit, so there became, and I guess rightfully so, more rules where, you know, you take the group of six boys into the men's washroom, but you have to make sure there's two men there, and you know what I mean? And, like, there's yeah. just all kinds of stuff now where it got a little more difficult to Fair do. Fair enough. But, but, yeah, I did enjoy it. And apparently, I did I ever tell you this? I wasn't going to talk about this, but I used to do it all the time with uh, Maddie and Hunter when they were in uh, elementary school. I'd always be taken, you know, be at the volunteer. Like I say, they always need men and women, but, you know, a lot of times the men uh, weren't available. But this one time we went to the museum, and I'm not even sure what museum, I guess the Alberta something museum. I don't know. Anyways, we went to this museum in Edmonton, and uh, the topic was uh, eagles, I think. Okay. So... Uh, you know how it works. Like you, you show up at the school, and then you have the meeting with all the teachers, and the and they break you off into groups. And this is whose parents is going to go with this group or whatever. Um, and it, I remember it was grade three. I do remember the grade, but the teacher didn't show up, and she had gotten a substitute teacher to show up, but they hadn't shown up. So we have this great big meeting of Mrs. So and So's class, and the parent volunteer will be Andrew gross and I, I put up my hand so the kids see me and then we pile on to all the buses and it wasn't until we broke off into groups at the museum you realize there was no there was no teacher right oh, no. and you know what goes hand in hand with teachers is a plan 
Like they they know what they're supposed to cover at the museum. Oh, right. Right? Because generally you get tested on it later. Exactly. So I go to this museum and then they break us off into groups and nobody seemed to notice that I didn't have a teacher with me. So we just sort of wandered around the museum. And I guess we didn't go to any of the areas where we were supposed <laughs> to go, right? Did you even see eagles? No, I didn't even know eagles was the topic until later because <laughs> we came back into a general meeting room of some kind right. where now somebody from the museum is there. And, you know, boys and girls, I hope we all learned a lot about eagles today. And, like, just all the kids looked at me and I looked at them like, uh, say nothing because I don't remember seeing an eagle, <laughs> right? I think we, it might have been, I don't know, we, we saw an exhibit on snot or something. I can't remember what it was. I don't, anyway, so the she see him where you at. She had these prizes to give away. Oh no! And basically, every kid's going to win a prize. So you say, okay, so let's start with Mrs. Parker's class. Can you tell me the wingspan of an eagle? And their hands all go up because every one of them just learned it five minutes ago. And they eventually get to my group, and they're like, okay, so who can tell me from Mrs. So and So's class? Uh, and whatever the question was, nobody. Right, So she dummies it down a little bit. Okay, well, maybe you could tell me what color are the eagle's feathers, right? And like, nope, still nothing. She went into like five, and you could see her desperation. I'm just not even making eye contact. And that's, I think, when the other teachers realized, hey, there's no teacher in that group. And then her last question was, can anybody tell me where we are today? Where are we today? And one of the kids, thankfully put up their hand and said where it was, although in telling the story, I can't remember where it was. So I didn't learn that either. <laughs> but one of my kids saved us all. Excellent. She was like, oh, good, everyone gets balloons or whatever it was. Man, I do miss those days, though. I, I, I really trips. It. How come we never get to go on a field trip? We do. They're called remotes. I don't get to go. No, you have to stay back here and push buttons. That's true. It's important. Okay. Back to the uh, big blue folder. What you have for me next? Here's what I got. Uh, this is uh, could have been a very sad story. Turned out to be a great one. Okay, good because I, I, don't, I don't want sad stories. No, <laughs> not on a Friday. Mood. No, it's free for all Friday. I love free for all. I'm here blue, to put a smile blue on your folder. face. Yep. No and, sympathy. And we're <laughs> we're two and a half hours from beer o'clock, so I'm counting that down as I'm well. Just saying. You know uh, the zoo. Not everybody in favor of zoos, hey, but. Um, you know, they're a pretty good place for a lot of reasons. Good for education. It's certainly good for education. Jeez, maybe it was the zoo we were at. Anyway, uh, there's a zoo well, in... Well, that would make more sense. It would. Although uh, the snot there's no snot display. There's a zoo in Okayama, Japan, and they lost a, tur a tortoise. What is wrong with me today? <laughs> they lost a tortoise. They lost a tortoise, a 35... Because they live forever, those things. There's a, a 35-year-old giant tortoise named... That's a pretty young one. Yeah, okay. in tortoise years, mm -hmm. named Abu. Um, Abu is three feet long, 121 pounds. That's a pretty big tortoise. <laughs> it's got to be hard to lose. And she apparently es escaped from her pen or in, in whatever enclosure back on August 1st. And now here's the problem is nobody noticed. Like Ab Abu was not the only tortoise. And it, I don't know why, like who's charged with, I don't know if they do roll call in the morning or how they... Well, she can't be moving that fast. Well, that's the whole point. She'd been gone for almost three weeks when they noticed no Abu. So they put out a search party uh, and notifications to neighbors in the area of the zoo, businesses and houses saying, hey, be on the outlook for Abu. Um, 
And then they found her. And so she'd been gone a little over two weeks, and she had moved a total of 450 feet. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why these... I mean, if you're running a zoo and don't know how to, you know, A, keep your tortoises safe, and B, uh, you're not observing it enough to know you're missing one, I'm guessing... Don't get lost in a zoo. Right. I'm guessing C isn't much of a leap then that you don't know how fast a tortoise moves. So 450 feet. And if you do the math, and I did, that means that this tortoise was moving at approximately 32 feet per day. (laughs) So how did they not notice it on day one? I retract the education portion of my thought. At day one, did anyone notice a tortoise 32 feet from the pen? Because where where did they... She was in a bush. In a bush. She knew what she wanted. She got out of the pen somehow, and she wanted to go hide. So she... Little Walked. shade, maybe a nosh. Maybe exactly. the bush was tasty. It, it was like an all-inclusive for a tortoise. I mean, everything you would want was right there. So, it, it, so nothing but good news, G. They, she's been returned to the pen. They've enhanced security. She's happy, healthy. Everything's good. Uh, how about this one? Because it sort of kind of falls in the same category. Okay. Because when you think about a tortoise escaping from a pen and only being able to move 32 feet per day, you, you might think to yourself, man, that's a slow tortoise. But it turns out... Um, that's the case in many uh, situations. Now, you know uh, New, New Orleans? I, yes. Which I was told while down there, don't call it New Orleans. No, it's New Orleans. It's Nar- well, they don't even want you to do that. If you go New Orleans, they're like, yeah, okay, tourist. No, New Orleans. New, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. New Orleans. New Orleans. Uh, there's a guy in New Orleans. This apparently happened while we were down there. I didn't see it. Uh, 33-year-old guy, his name is Travis Campbell. He worked at a construction site and there's lots of construction going on as you can imagine because they're still recovering from hurricanes down there right from, yeah from yeah. katrina katrina that's right yes. and you can see the damage all over the city it's it's fascinating it's sad to to see but the you know they're slowly repairing the city um but anyways this guy was working for a construction company in uh, new orleans and got fired so mad sure decides to steal a company vehicle and go on a joyride. Okay. Yeah. Um, But police were able to track him down, and uh, they have placed him under arrest for theft. How Um, did they find him? Here's how they found him. Uh, The vehicle he chose was a steamroller. And a steamroller's top-end speed, or at least the top-end speed of this particular steamroller, is 8 miles per hour. So, in fact, after he stole the steamroller and police were notified by members of the construction company, because they didn't notice it right away, it was sort of like a boo there, Uh, he was still on their property when they arrived. He hadn't quite made it to the gate yet. Like, worst getaway in recorded history. So It's like that. And he was wearing a bull, a werewolf, and a gorilla costume, which was weird. Nobody's really sure why. And he had $561 worth of Walmart merchandise. Nobody's connected all those stories yet, but I'm starting to see a pattern here of dumbness. Yeah, genius. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm not sure when I take the break. Is it now? Well, let's do it. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.